Brothers and sisters, we come today to Lord's Day 24 of the Heidelberg Catechism. Let's read these responsively together. Why can't our good works be our righteousness before God, or at least a part of our righteousness? Because the righteousness which can pass God's judgment must be entirely perfect and must in every way measure up to the divine law. But even our best works in this life are all imperfect and stained with sin. How can our good works be said to merit nothing when God promises to reward them in this life and the next? This reward is not merited. It is a gift of grace. But doesn't this teaching make people indifferent and wicked? No, it is impossible for those grafted into Christ by true faith not to produce fruits of gratitude. Amen. Let's go to the Lord now and ask for the Spirit's help to understand the doctrines of Christ and to apply them to our lives. Our Heavenly Father, we ask you to look upon us now in grace as we look away from ourselves into the face of your Son, whom you have appointed our Mediator and Savior. As all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are in your Son, guide us by your Holy Spirit into the true understanding of the doctrines of Christ. May our meditation now upon his truth produce in us the fruit of righteousness to the glory and exaltation of his name, the instruction and building up of this congregation, and the salvation of the lost through our witness. We pray this in the name and favor of your well-beloved Son, Jesus Christ, in dependence on his Holy Spirit. And all the God, God's people set together. Amen. Last week in the Catechism, we learned the doctrine of justification by faith alone. To be justified means to be declared righteous. To be justified means to be declared righteous. That is, when God pronounces you to be justified, what he is saying is that you are perfectly in step with his law. You are in conformity perfectly with his law. You have justice. You have a righteous status now in his, in his eyes. But we are sinners. And in ourselves, we are unable perfectly to obey his law. And so we are not only in debt to God because we transgress his law, and that debt must be paid, we still aren't righteous in his sight. We have a debt, and we are still not righteous. But the gospel teaches us that the Lord Jesus Christ has paid our debts through his suffering, and that he has given us the gift of his righteousness. Therefore, it is through him alone that we are declared righteous before God. That is the sum and substance of justification by faith alone. You must be declared righteous in God's sight, and God himself provides the gift of righteousness through his Son. This two-part gift of the forgiveness of your sins and a positive righteousness through Jesus Christ is received 
in no other way than by faith alone. There is no other instrument you possess, no other faculty of your body or soul than faith which can receive this gift which you need. Now that is the very clear teaching of Scripture, but it raises several very good and fair questions about works. What about good works? If righteousness is being in conformity to the law, meaning you are doing good works because God's law tells you to, then how come doing those good works doesn't contribute at all to our righteousness? If our good works don't contribute to our righteousness, then why does the Bible talk about us being rewarded for our good works? And if all of this is from grace, what stops us then from just coasting through the Christian life, either indifferent to God's law, you know, without zeal about it, or just rejecting God's law? I'm good to go. I'm righteous. I've got the stamp of approval. I'm accepted in God's sight. So now I will do whatever I want, sin included. If it's all of grace, what keeps us from having that indifferent or wicked attitude? These are the questions that our catechism asks specifically and head-on in questions 62 through 64. So with its guidance and its help, let's look to Scripture now to get some answers about the role of good works. The first thing we have to recognize is that justification leads to good works. Justification leads to good works. Paul says this plainly about the role of works in our justification, he says it plainly in Romans 3.28. He says, For we hold that one is justified by faith apart from works of the law. This is one of the great banners of the Protestant Reformation. Sola fide. By faith alone. You say, well, does it doesn't say faith alone. That's okay. It says by faith apart from works of the law. That's what that means. We are justified only by faith, only through the instrument of receiving Christ, and not by works of the law. In other words, good works do not cause us to be justified in God's sight in any way. Good works do not cause our justification. We are not declared by God to be in conformity with His law because we do good works. There are several reasons for this, but we're highlighting one tonight. Even your best works are imperfect. Now, we may not like that teaching because when we do good works, it usually feels pretty good. And we are unable with our own affections, with our own sensibilities, we are usually unable to recognize the stain of sin in our good works. But it is the truth that even your best works are imperfect. As we read from Isaiah 64, verse 6, all our righteous deeds are like a polluted garment. This is the language of the law talking about ceremonial uncleanness. Uh, Meaning that a person who's wearing a polluted garment cannot approach the the tabernacle where God's presence is. 
And Isaiah says, on behalf of God's people, all our righteous deeds. He's not even talking here about our transgressions, but our actual attempts at good works and being righteous are like a polluted garment. Because even our best works are stained with sin. That is the extent to which the fall into sin affects us. And we we are unable to see this because of that same original sin. This sin, it doesn't mean that we, we sin as much as we possibly can. It means that we are totally touched by sin in all of our faculties, in all of our parts. And so not only uh, do we have uh, the stain of sin on our good works, but we are also unable to recognize that stain as we do them. And uh, in many ways, that's a mercy from the Lord, that we can't see all that sin all the time in our own good works. Now then, how could such works, which are imperfect and stained with sin, merit or earn anything? Before a holy God. They're not perfect. They are not meritorious. Merit means that it, that it is earned. Something is due to you. Something is obligated to come to you. Because of the perfection of the work. But not a single one of the works which we offer to God. Righteous though they may be in intention. Righteous though they may be. In terms of their being conformed to the law. You know, we're hearing God tell us in the law to do something. We're trying to do it. They are nevertheless not perfect. And righteousness before God, if it is righteousness at all, demands perfect obedience to the law. As we said last week, there is no point at which God has slackened this standard. He hasn't said, you know, we've been at this for a long time now, human beings. And you can't get your act together, so I'm, gonna, I'm going to make things easier for you now. He's never said this. He has always demanded perfect justice because he's a just God, and we wouldn't want anything other than that. He is justice. He is holiness. And he will have his due. And this means when it comes to our works, they must be perfect. They must stand up in perfect conformity to the law of God. And since our works are imperfect, then they can't merit justification. When you believe in Christ and receive his righteousness by faith alone and are justified, then good works begin to flow from you. Once you are justified and righteous in the sight of God, then good works begin to come from you. Are they now suddenly free of the stain of sin? No. It's, it's still you. And you're still, you are still affected by sin. And so the works that you offer to God are still stained with sin. But just as God has justified us, though we are wretched, so also He accepts our works as righteous. So great is His mercy towards us. He knows. It's not like he's telling himself lies when he looks at us. He knows we are sinners. He knows that our works are imperfect and stained with sin. But in his his grace, through the merits of Jesus Christ, we and our works are justified and righteous in his sight. So he accepts them. 
This is the order that we find all over the Bible. Good works do not cause us to be righteous, but once we are declared righteous by grace and through faith, then good works follow. We see it especially in Paul's letters. In Galatians, for instance, he spends about the first four and a half chapters passionately arguing that we are justified by faith alone. He could not be clearer about this. And he's even a little angry about it because others are threatening this doctrine. So he's clear you're justified by faith alone. In fact, he says, anyone who does good works as a way of trying to be righteous in the sight of God is actually cursed. Because he says, if you're, going to go at the, if you're going to go at righteousness and justification by works, you've got to do it all. You've got to do the whole thing perfectly and forever. And you can't, so you're under a curse. So then, if Paul is clear that you can't be justified by works, does he throw works out altogether? No. He simply demonstrates that those works come from being justified. They follow this gracious declaration from God. Here's how one, uh, one of the old Reformed pastors, John Cahoon, says it. He says, it is the distinguishing property of all good works that they are performed from and not for justification. Our good works are performed not, not for justification, Not in order to be righteous in God's sight, but from justification. And so, again, though Paul spends a lot of Galatians saying, by faith alone, not by works of the law, the same Paul in the same letter later on says, your faith works through love. You are justified by faith alone, and this faith will express itself in works of love. Your faith must do this. He says those who are justified will walk by the Spirit, Galatians 5.25. Those who are justified will fulfill the law of Christ, Galatians chapter 6, verse 2. As we read in, in Romans chapter 3, as he's saying it's by faith alone, then he anticipates the objection. He says, do we then overthrow the law by this faith? By no means, on the contrary, we uphold the law because we don't treat the law as uh, this covenant of works that we can live up to and then get declared righteous because we did such a good job. We know better than that, Paul says. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and so justification is the work of God's grace to declare us righteous and then, as an act of gratitude and ongoing thanksgiving to the Lord, we produce good works. Brothers and sisters, we confess with Scripture, and we summarize in question answer 64, it is impossible for those grafted into Christ by true faith not to produce fruits of gratitude. Do not let anyone tell you that if we believe that we are justified by grace through faith alone, then that means that you just forget about the law. On the contrary, we uphold the law. If you are grafted into Christ, if you belong to Christ by true faith, then certainly good works will be produced as the fruit of that good root. Our works do not justify us before God, and yet justifying faith will never be without its fruit and effects.
Secondly, good works are rewarded. Now then, hopefully we've laid this down clearly enough that justification is by faith alone, not by works, not even a little bit. And yet those who are justified will certainly do good works. As if it weren't good news enough that God turns us from rebels who can't do anything but transgress his law into those who now are righteous workers, as if that weren't good enough, Scripture now also teaches that our good works are crowned with rewards. They are rewarded in this life. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 says that God rewards those who seek him. God rewards those who seek him. And we see this throughout Scripture. We saw it in Exodus 23. God told the Israelites, if you obey my commands, I will prosper you in this life. They would be rewarded with a, 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 a kind of general principle of prosperity in the land and as a consequence for their good works. The Proverbs teach us that generally there is throughout our lives a return for our good works. For example, Proverbs chapter 2, verses 1 through 2. King Solomon says, My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life and peace, they will add to you. Good works are generally rewarded in this life. They are also rewarded in the life to come. Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount that when you perform a particular kind of good work, when he's, he's talking about facing persecution faithfully, so he's got a particular work in mind. He says when this happens, we should rejoice. He says, for your reward is great in heaven. Your reward is great in heaven. In Galatians chapter 6, verses 8 and 9, Paul talks about reaping what you sow. A, again, a kind of cause and effect relationship that we're talking about here. He says, when you sow in the Spirit... Okay, so this is, a, this is a justified person who is uh, sowing, who is doing good works. Then Paul says, from the Spirit you will reap eternal life. That is a uh, life-to-come type of reward. And he goes on to say here, let us not grow weary of doing good. For in due season we will reap if we do not give up. This is the inescapable principle that is laid down in Holy Scripture, that God rewards our good works both in this life and the next. When we offer ourselves and our works to Him from faith, He rewards them. So then, does this mean that we have maybe something to boast about before God? Maybe we accept the premise that we're not justified by good works, but maybe we can pat ourselves on the back a little bit, we're being good, we're on our best behavior, and we're getting rewarded, so we can boast a little bit about it. Is that the case? It's not the case. Our last point tonight, hopefully we'll tie this together for us, is that Christ alone earned these rewards. Question and answer 63 from the Catechism says it simply, clearly, and powerfully. This reward is not Merited, it is a gift of grace. 
The rewards that the catechism has just spoken about of receiving something from God, both in this life and the next, as some kind of a consequence for your good works, is not merited. It is the gift of grace. Everything in us screams out in opposition against this. We want to feel that we've earned something from God. Even just a little bit. If we could just have some standing before God and say, I got this part of my righteousness. I got this part of my standing before God. I got this reward, you know, of my own doing. I merited it. I earned it. I performed a task. And that task in some way obligated God to give me a reward or a payment. That's what we want. We feel that so intensely. But what did we learn from our reading in Luke chapter 17 that we read earlier? Luke 17, verses 7 through 10, Jesus gives this uh, brief but very powerful example about a master commanding one of the servants on his estate who has been working all day to now make him dinner. He's been out working all day. Servant comes in at the end of the day and the master says, you make me dinner. You will uh, uh, provide for my needs. And then when all that work is done, then you can sit back and you can eat. Jesus says, does the master thank the servant because he did what was commanded? That's the question. And now, dear family of God, listen closely as Jesus levels our pride. He says... In uh, Luke 17, verse 10, he says, So you also, you believers, you disciples, when you've done all that you were commanded, say this, We are unworthy servants. We have only done what was our duty. And we might add, with other scripture, we did our duty imperfectly. We did our, we did our duty to the Lord with We took up our cross. Sometimes we took up our cross, denied ourselves, but we did it sometimes raising our fist to God. Brothers and sisters, there is nothing in ourselves that measures up to God's righteous standard. There's just nothing in us. We, We are stained with sin. Except for what God works in us by grace. That is the only good that is in us. And even that good that God himself has worked in us still merits nothing from God. Because it has not come from God himself through his son Jesus Christ and his merits alone. No one has earned anything in God's sight. What could we who are stained with sin ever merit before the God of all glory and holiness? We have no ground to stand on except Jesus Christ, the righteous. It is from the treasury of his merits that we receive the gift of righteousness, the gift of salvation, and every good gift. Every single reward has been earned not by us, but by him. So lay to rest any ideas in your mind that you are obligating God to bless and prosper you because of your good works. 
lay it aside. Your righteousness, your good works, your rewards are all gifts from his hand, freely given to otherwise wicked and unworthy servants. If he has so inclined himself to us with great and abounding mercy, in love and in grace, then let us incline ourselves to him, offering our whole selves to him in love and in gratitude. Amen. Let us pray. Gracious and merciful Father, we give you thanks for having established your covenant with believers and their children. For as you have told us, the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call to himself. This promise you have not only signified and sealed by holy baptism, but daily prove by perfecting your praise through the mouths of children, and so putting to shame the wise and understanding of this world. Continue to establish your saints in this faith throughout their lives, and so give us the grace to inwardly digest the food you have given us, and to instruct our children in your knowledge and fear until they have reached complete maturity. All of this we ask in the name of Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.